welcome back to the City of the Great King podcast. We are here. I teased you. Yes, I did. Last week, I teased you. I told you that we were going to have somebody in here this week. You remember that? Well, consider this a promise fulfilled. You know, scripture is full of promises and God fulfills them. All I'm saying is we should fulfill our promises and that is what I'm doing. I am joined by Pastor Chris Eelman of Harvest. He is here in the Sawatsky studio. Hello, Chris. Hello, Tyler, and thank you so much for inviting me over to the Sawatsky studio. The studio, (laughs) you are here. I hope the accommodations are great. We have been treating you to first class service, right? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Okay, good. He earned his money for that one. That's good. (laughs) Great. I'm glad you are here. Welcome to the podcast. This is the podcast where we do everything in one take. We're not like some other podcasts that do a lot of editing and uh, always mess up the intro. I don't know if you know any like that, but uh, we're not like those. Not, not like that at all. No, no, no. Exactly. No, this is the one. We don't, we don't edit. We let the word go forth. Uh, and we don't mess up our intros. So, <laughs> as mentioned, <laughs> welcome, Chris. I am glad you are with us. We have a important... Thing to talk about today. Don't you agree? Uh, 100%. And when you asked me, I was quite glad actually you asked me to uh, to chat about this. So hopefully this provides some context to those that are engaging with this important issue and uh, have more that they want to learn. Absolutely. So the thing is, Chris, you you and I are friends. I think we're friends. Do you, <laughs> am I overstepping my bounds here? What is a friend? Oh, <laughs> we need to commission a one-year study on what is a friend. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll, yes, we're friends, Tyler. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm so relieved now. He is in the Swatsky studio, after all. He has to be careful with what he says. But uh, we are so so we are friends on Facebook. That means it's really official. You couldn't <laughs> deny it. Yeah, absolutely. And though you don't follow me on Twitter. Whoa. But nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> um, so for, for anybody here who does not know you, before we get into the topic of the day, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be where you are now? Okay, cool. Yeah, well, thank you again, Tyler. I do appreciate being here. Um, so my name is Chris Yeoman. I serve as the pastor, the church ministries pastor over at Harvest Bible Church. So I've been at Harvest here in Windsor for 10 years, plus a month or two. And uh, my wife and I moved down here about 10 years ago to do ministry. At at that time, it was called Southwood Church. Now it's called Harvest Bible Church. At that time, I came as a lowly intern, a pretty much just a, a degree above pond scum, as we say. <laughs> no. But anyways, I came as a youth intern and really at that time was just... Uh, coming out of an interesting season of life where I had finished up some Bible school. I don't know how far you want to go back with this, but... Yeah, you, just, you just get us a bit to how you okay. are where you are at. So um, I just come out of Bible school, was really discouraged in ministry. I'd been doing an internship and really actually felt like exiting ministry and then got an opportunity to come here to Windsor. Uh, had been to Windsor maybe one time before and thought, well... Let's give it a go. And it was a one-year commitment, and one year mm. turned into 10. And over mm. the years, I became a youth director, then a youth pastor, and then a church ministries pastor. And it wasn't actually like I had an intentional uh, stepping stone plan to become here. Um, I actually tell our youth pastor currently that I'm quite envious of his ministry role, and I would totally go back mm. in, a, in a heartbeat. But um, I just love the church, love being able to minister, and... 
as a church ministries pastor, maybe people haven't heard that term used before. It's yeah. kind of like an executive pastor in one sense. You manage staff, you manage a lot of administrative type things, but I also get into some counseling, get into some preaching once in a while. And then the context where we've met is at Harvest Connect, which is our ministry for people in the 25 to 40-ish age bracket. And it's kind of a neat opportunity to teach and a venue to teach and discuss with people. And so anyways, that's a little bit of the vocational stuff. I'm married, have five kids, four plus one on the way. So I call that five. I think that's uh, legit, but... um, Arrows in the quiver, my friend. Exactly. (laughs) So... I've always wondered, what is technically a full quiver? But anyways, (laughs) discussion for another podcast. Whenever the Lord closes the womb. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. so. Great. So you don't want to go back. You're in ministry now, 10 years. You're happy with where you're at. The Lord's working in the position that you're in. 100%. Yeah, I, I have been tremendously blessed in the ministry context that I'm in to be given a lot of opportunities in ministry, but also to see a a ton of fruit in ministry, which is, I know, not something that everyone gets to see the same amounts, right? Um, Partially depending on the church context you're in and also in the time of life you live in. Um, There's just seasons of life that are more fruitful than others. And I think in the last two years, especially, I know you've uh, said this and seen this too, there's fruit to be had in ministry when you are um, remaining faithful to God. So yeah, it's been a huge blessing. Very glad to be the church ministry's pastor over at Harvest and uh, yeah, and to be even here today. So, Well, we're glad to have you. So you're a church ministry's pastor or also known as an executive pastor. That sounds like a relatively high position of leadership in that church. Would you say that you have a pretty high degree of responsibilities in terms of leadership in your context? Yeah, yeah, there is a, a lot of responsibility. Um, we're an elder-governed and elder-led church, so I feel like the responsibility lays across a multitude of shoulders in terms of men, and ultimately, we believe in the lordship of Christ over the church, so it's like mm-hmm. you are stewarded with the responsibility to lead the church, but at the same time, at the end of the day, I do, well, there's a weight to it and a responsibility, certainly with the ministry that we've been given, and as the ministry grows, um, at the same time, there's a recognition that it's God working through us. So I think, yeah, there's a weight to it. There's responsibility to it. Fortunately, it's been gradually put on, so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you just get dumped on right on one time. And uh, You mean we don't cast all of our leaders into the deep end right away, <laughs> force them to swim? Well, it does feel like that sometimes. <laughs> but, but the deep end you find when you were first thrown into it isn't actually as deep as the next deep end that you get thrown into. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, I don't know what analogy works, but yeah, it's been, it's been a huge blessing to serve. And there's a very competent crew of elders that I serve alongside. So that's a blessing. Competent elders. That is an important thing given that there are 11 months of the year and then there's the month of June. And in the month of June, perhaps you can see there are the multi-colors flying around all over our city. Actually, if you go to any government school here in the city, right beside the Canadian flag or right under it, you will see the rainbow flag. This represents the flag for Pride Month. And that is the reason, actually, that I've, I've asked you here today is because you, as a leader, as a public figure, a church ministries pastor, a lot of people look up to pastors and to their leaders to hear how they interact with an issue of the day. Mm -hmm. And this is a big one. 
our culture has taken on this slogan of pride. It's just a single word, pride. And uh, even as I was driving today down in a main street in Windsor, I drove by a bank and it, one of the things that it was plastered on the window was always progressing. And I just thought that was that was fascinating. So all these companies, these corporations are lining themselves up, falling over each other to show how progressive they are and advancing this idea of pride. And you, since we're friends on Facebook, you, you confirmed it yourself, can't hide now. On your Facebook, you started making some posts and you hashtagged them as insight in a minute. I caught on with these posts and I started reading them and I just thought this is a leader who is talking very straightforwardly about an important issue today. In case anybody is unfamiliar, I'm going to read the first post that you made uh, you posted this on June 2nd on your Facebook. It says this, June is often set aside for celebrating the very things that God opposes, captured most clearly in the word pride itself, James 4.8. During this time, Christians can be tempted to stay silent, to go along with it, or even to twist scripture to try to champion it. None of those are good options. Instead, I want to spend June seeking out and promoting the kinds of things that God celebrates as, quote, very good, unquote, to understand more fully his good design, even if that runs contrary to our own sinful desires. It's said that the best way to know a counterfeit is to study the real thing. Day number one. In order to celebrate God's good design, we first need to remember that God existed long before we did. He is, in fact, the designer and creator of all things. Humility starts when we remember that. Pride begins when we deny it. Insight in a minute. So this is one post that you've made in a series of posts about what you've talked about here. You're talking about God's good design. You're talking about humility. You're talking about pride. Later on, you talk about marriage and gender. I wish we could talk about every single one of these posts. Mm. But this is what you have chosen to do in the month month of June. And I thought that these were very helpful posts to read. So I want to know what has made you decide to start posting about Pride Month? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? Yeah, so that's a good question. So I think there's a, a variety of reasons. Uh, probably the first reason is because there is so much confusion in the world about things like gender, about sexuality, about so many things and I truly believe if if I was out there as a person just a random secular person uh, and I was surfing through my newsfeed I would probably see a ton of rainbows and a ton of uh, thoughts celebrating pride and whatnot and I might be tempted to go along with it and I might just be confused but or and I might not even realize I'm confused and I think that as a Christian who has been blessed to know the truth and to have the truth set me free uh, in many ways, I feel like it's so helpful when there is truth in the public square so that it not only exposes the evil, but becomes something that people know is an option. It's, it's kind of interesting, but it's almost like people aren't aware that there is uh, truth to be had at this point. There, there is people who are completely anti-truth for sure and they're 
opposed to it and they are probably some of the loudest voices in the pride movement mm. but my posts aren't actually number one targeted to the people that are posting pride things okay so that is part of it but the audience is actually generally the people that are consumers so on social media we all know this there's the tons of people that they have social media they never post a thing but they consume yep. and they <laughs> never comment or like but they read all the comments and look at all the likes. And those are the people that I think are looking to be informed. And some of them, you know, maybe they're not looking to be informed and hopefully God uses these posts to kind of stir something in people. But that's one of the reasons for sure that I wanted to post is just simply to be truth in the public square. Um, another reason, and this might surprise some of the listeners in some ways, but I actually wanted to post because I wanted to reflect and think on God's good design and how it exposes my sinful desires. Mm. So Pride Month, a lot of Christians can look at Pride Month and think, oh, that's just about pride celebrating, let's say, homosexuality, right? And homosexuality, we believe, based on the Bible, is wrong and sinful. And so Christians that are orthodox, let's say, uh, can look at that and say, that is wrong. And they speak out in Pride Month against homosexuality. But then at the same time they're speaking out against homosexuality, they're they're kind of nursing their lust addiction. And they oh, okay. give a second glance to somebody that walks down the street and they are into porn. But at the same time they're against homosexuality. And I'm yeah. thinking, and I just know in my own heart, God hasn't finished sanctifying me. So there's elements of pride in my life. I I would be foolish to say otherwise. There's elements of, I'm sure, uh, areas where sexual sin still has a hold or temptation on me. And I want those things exposed by God's very good design. So it's also to purposefully put myself in front of God's word to study what it says and to continually be sanctified myself. And hopefully in the process, I think, share a little bit of that publicly, which, you know, that's coming in if you've been following some of these posts you might say that doesn't really fit so far hold on and wait because there's still a few more days in june that uh, i'm hoping to post a little bit about this but really the idea is to show people i also have to place myself under god's word and under god's very good design and i in my own sinful nature while i might not be tempted towards homosexuality am certainly tempted towards other sexual sins right towards other things that aren't God's good design. And so showing that, I think, and kind of, I guess, humble, being humbled enough to say, hey, I'm not there, but God's word's my authority, is hopefully the kind of thing that somebody who maybe is struggling with homosexuality sees and says, okay, this person's not just about hating somebody else. He's actually about promoting God's word and about saying God's word and God's designs are good I didn't meet them, you don't meet them, but we must submit to them and by God's grace have a regenerate heart that desires those things. So anyway, so those are a few few of the reasons. Um, one final reason uh, specifically that I wanted to post because I, I for years thought it's great that there's other people posting and I share other people's posts in yeah. Pride Month because they, they write good stuff. There's you know tons of people that have said things far more profound than what I've said that I've been able to share, uh, and that's a great thing. Um, but I thought, you know what? I think there needs to be a discipline in my life to say those things myself and to own those statements myself um, for two reasons. One, 
so I can craft it exactly the way I think is best. Okay. And I'll talk about that in just a second. And the second reason is because then it's not like I can hide behind pastor so-and-so. And when somebody, the, heated, the comments get heated, that it's like, well, it's really just what pastor so-and-so said. I just shared yeah. it because I thought it was neat. No, it's like, this is what Chris Eelman believes based on God's word, obviously. I'll own it. I'll stand by it no matter how many, you know, flood of comments come to the contrary. And I've already been corrected. Like one of the comments I made was, um, or one of the posts I made was slightly not quite correct. It wasn't quite nuanced, I guess you could say properly. And somebody commented something and I, and I liked their comment. I was like, yep, you're right. So um, that's good. That adds to the discussion, right? You mean you don't have so, so much pride to think that everything you're saying is, not, <laughs> is always right? Yeah. Well, it, it pretty much always is. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, the one other thing I'll say real quick before we move on, but I find, and maybe I, maybe you can speak to this too, I find in our culture, because the the we can call it the left, we can call it the progressives, we can call it the the pagans, whatever you want to say, have gone so, so far down the one path, some people might feel like they need to be so extreme in the opposite to an ungodly point in order to pull okay. it back to a middle that is godly. Um, I reject that kind of thinking, though I understand it. So, you know, if you think of a pendulum, the pendulum swings one way, and you feel like in order to get it to the middle, where it should be, you have to swing and talk like the pendulum's at the other extreme. Yep. I don't think that's wise or godly, because then what happens is maybe the pendulum one day does swing that way, and then you're like, oops, that went too far. <laughs> so I'm like, you need to speak the truth, be laser focused on the truth, deliver it in a godly manner and then like aim for what you're aiming for not so extreme that you're trying to pull it to some middle that anyways i don't i don't know yeah. if that makes sense but no but, i uh, mean it sounds like you're saying that the one side that's embraced all this pride stuff and it is promoting this one world view and belief has so aggressively lurched in that direction to the point that it is almost stifling to anybody who is not fully on board with that path mm -hmm. that it can cause those who disagree with it. It, it almost make, uh, promotes extremism. Mm -hmm. It makes them go so far to the other side that you end up in trying to help the issue from that the other side has gone so far in an unhealthy direction. You're also going in a very unhealthy direction, mm -hmm. just down the other slide. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you're, you're overcorrecting mm -hmm. to the point where you're not actually correcting anymore. You're right. just falling down another error, just the opposite side of the coin. Right. Is that accurate? That That's exactly it. So like you fight pride and then you become prideful in your fight against pride. And you're Oof. like, wait, that didn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> and actually, and it, interestingly, I think that's Satan's design, like Satan's desire rather, that Satan would love to tempt Christians to fight against evil in an evil way. Yep. And... Then he wins because not only is the testimony of Christ tarnished, but also then if it goes that way, they're still in sin. They're still far from God, right? So they're fighting from the wrong place and it's it's not good. I do believe it, like extreme behavior calls for extreme devotion, mm. extreme devotion to Christ and his way. And so I will, if, if it was a matter of being bold, I will be completely, I will be, a, well, 
by God's grace, be as bold as I can be, but not to the, not, not in a position that I don't actually believe in just so that it swings the pendulum to the middle. I don't know if that makes sense. Nope. I think that does. Uh, someone in, in the afterwards will let me know if it doesn't. They'll, no, they'll <laughs> roast great. you. Direct they'll all your me. roasting to Chris. <laughs> exactly. He can handle it. Uh, great. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about then is you're talking about your motivation for these types mm-hmm. of posts. And it's very pastoral, the, t- the way that you're describing this. You're not just about beating down a group of people. You're actually concerned more about the people themselves and getting mm-hmm. truth across to these people. Like, it's not just a battle of uh, nameless, faceless ideas. These are personal. Mm-hmm. It affects people. And as a pastor, you seem concerned with how this is getting across to flesh and blood, real life people. And this isn't the only issue that could require this kind of attention. There are a lot of things in the West, a lot of different ideas that seem to go down this path that is unhealthy, unscriptural, ungodly, and many Christians are concerned about. What I'm getting at is there's a whole bunch of issues in our culture. And there are some Christians who, Christian leaders, pastors, who will speak a lot about these things and try to apply biblical gospel thinking into the different areas in the public sphere but that's probably the minority mm-hmm. because the majority seem to not want to throw their hat into the ring, so to speak, mm-hmm. and maybe don't see it helpful to be talking publicly about the issues. They don't want to get engaged. There can be different reasons for that. But what I want to know is you're posting about this issue. Why do you think it is important on a macro level to be speaking to culture about the issues of the day. Why is this even important? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good question. Uh, one that I've thought a lot about because, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned quite a variety of issues in the last two years. It doesn't take long to think about what those issues might be. Mm. So I guess I would say the the reason I think it's important, number one, if you don't, who will? Like nobody else knows the truth but Christians. Like the the truth, Jesus Christ. So it's almost, it's almost like the passage in Romans where it's like, if you don't speak, they won't hear and they can't hear, believe without hearing. So now mm-hmm. some will say, well, then just stick to the gospel, right? And then we talk about what is the gospel? It's the good news of Jesus. And they're like, well, is it just the good news of Jesus that he died on the cross to save your sins? Okay, you can talk about that publicly, but please don't talk about anything else. And I just think that's incredibly narrow, narrow, in terms of your view of what the gospel is. Um, That certainly is the gospel. The gospel is also more than that. Certainly as Christians, we believe it's good news that Jesus is our king and not just our savior. Uh, And so I think it's good news to the world that Jesus is king. And when you bow to him, recognize and submit to him, it's a good thing. So I think anyways, there's a variety of reasons. One is just, it needs to be out there. The truth needs to be out there for the lie to be exposed. Nobody has a better opportunity to speak the truth than those who have been affected by the truth the most deeply converted by it. So I would encourage all Christians, not just public figures or pastors, but all Christians to speak about the truth. I know why a lot of people don't, because first of all, and we also have to realize, social media is not the only public venue, but it does happen to be a pretty good one, Yeah. right? A lot of people will say, that's not the place for it. And actually, I, I do believe there are people that would 
if they were in a face-to-face conversation with somebody, would actually speak the truth to them in love, but they don't want to get up in front of the nameless, faceless crowd and say anything, partially because perhaps they're not very good at it. Mm. That could be part of the reason. Maybe they don't like conflict. That's a lot of the reason. I like Even when I post stuff, I'm like, is this going to create a lot of conflict? And I've started to realize, I'm like, it's going to cause a lot of conflict one way or another. Like, no matter what you say now, somebody wants to cause conflict. So, okay, if there's somebody who wants to rant, let them rant, and that's fine. And you quickly learn to discern who actually is interested in engaging. But on the macro level, we speak the truth because the truth needs to be heard. Nobody can be having, like, I need the truth spoken publicly. I've been blessed so much by people have, who have publicly exposed truth that has exposed my sin. Yeah. And... So I'm so thankful for that. So I think that is hugely beneficial. And then it just has a uh, salt and light, like preservative effect, I guess you could say, on society and culture where, you know, somebody's speaking into their ear. Somebody is, they, they are listening to someone and you can add your voice to the mix. And if you add your voice compellingly and winsomely, I guess you could say that word. Um, if you add your voice to the mix truthfully, um, then... It's one more voice in the mix that is a salt and light representing Christ. So I think that would be the best way I would put it. Yeah. Actually, I I can identify with a lot of the things that you're saying, especially the part about how you have been tremendously helped by seeing the public posts and seeing other Christian men take up mm-hmm. the mantle of the issues of the day and applying gospel, applying the truth to it. Uh, I'm in that camp as well. I have been so helped by other people who count the costs and tell the truth. And they're not doing it to to just to bash people. You you mentioned that earlier, um, but they're doing it in a way that does sound compelling, mm-hmm. and that that really appeals to me too. Like no, you're speaking the truth, but you do it in a compelling way because mm-hmm. we're not just about the end goal. the The process matters too, mm-hmm. and that has helped me a lot to think about these things too. Mm-hmm. So that's why that that's kind of your motivation on the macro level. So now we're talking about pride. We're speaking to culture about this issue of pride. You've already told us about why you do this and doing this in the first place, like you said, will get you some criticism mm-hmm. no matter what. One way or another, someone's going to be, you know, is going to want to want to fight, want to throw down. And some of us don't mind throwing down, others not so much, but... <laughs> I want to know, since you're going to get criticism, I, I know that you have been cri- given criticism by others, how do you respond to critics who might say, yeah, this is all great, but you sound like you're just being hateful. Why, does, like, why do you even have to bother with this? Like, you're just being hateful, you bigot. <laughs> what do you have to say yeah. about that? Yeah, so if somebody is saying that, they're probably not in a frame of mind that you actually want to have a conversation with them. But let's say you're listening to this podcast and you've thought that in the back of your mind but haven't said it. Uh, <laughs> well, then maybe you can be convinced. Really, it's not so much a issue. Like, really, you just got to boil it down. Is it right or is it wrong or is it who cares? If it's an issue of who cares, like, and I don't know if my listeners or the listeners are sports fans, but... You know, whether Tampa Bay wins or Colorado wins the NA, the Stanley Cup, in my mind, that's a who cares, okay? Mm-hmm. 
that in that does not affect people's future i guess the the team players futures maybe in terms of their career opportunities but literally if your next door neighbor is cheering for colorado and you're cheering for tampa you don't go over and try to convince them no you're wrong like they are not the best team and you are going to ruin your life by cheering for them. No, like it's in the who cares category and it's great. There's some friendly competition and maybe you do some ribbon back and forth when, when uh, there's reason to. But if your next door neighbor was molesting their child, would you be like, well, I don't want to be hateful. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want it. And people will say, okay, that's hurting somebody. So that makes sense. You shouldn't, if it's hurting somebody else, then you should speak up to defend others. But what if they're hurting themselves? So let's say somebody is, you know, they're cutting, right? And you're like, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to be deemed as hateful. Well, that would be absolutely foolish. Mm-hmm. Now, when if somebody's cutting, you don't go up to them and say, you're an idiot. Why are you cutting? You're such an idiot. No, because that's the, like this person is doing that for a reason. What is that reason, right? So my thinking is if you're talking to people and they're in sin, your desire as a Christian is not to condescend and speak judgmentally to them like you're so stupid. I don't get why you're like this, that kind of thing. Okay. But you see them ensnared is really what it is you you're you're seeing somebody in a trap and sometimes if you think of like you know your dog gets a a burr in its paw and you see that you want to lovingly help it to get the burr extracted or the thorn extracted the, the porcupine needles whatever extracted but they're gonna they're gonna claw you they're gonna they're gonna bite at you and you don't really care because you just understand they're in pain they they're just lashing out so i, I kind of use that framework with with most of my interactions with people if they say i'm a hateful bigot they're just hurting somewhere most often and mm-hmm. they are not wanting to admit it and that's fine and sometimes you you press in as much as you can to try and help people and then you realize they don't want the help and so you you back off until a better time and that's you know because you realize if you press too, too hard, the do- the, to use the analogy, the dog's going to run away from home and never return, right? Okay. Something like that. But I, there are other people in the ensnared in sin thing that actually have become so depraved because of their, their time in sin that they are actually at the point where they are celebrating sin. So it's almost like they're cutting themselves or injuring themselves hmm. but they're not hiding it from people anymore they're they're actually saying this is the best thing ever everybody should be doing this and i just you know if somebody is literally destroying their life take finances and they are getting in debt okay. massively in debt and they are losing their house their house is being repossessed their cars are being repossessed and they're not just sad about that or they're not just frustrated about that or like whatever else but they're actually celebrating that and they're like the whole world should be totally okay with and maybe that actually sounds too realistic (laughs) sounds like our government in some ways (laughs) but it's like we should be in debt everybody should be in debt we should celebrate debt Mm -hmm. be proud about debt own your pride and your debt doesn't take long for people to be like that's foolishness 
And it is foolishness and foolishness is being celebrated. And because you're calling it out and saying it's foolish, that's where people get really, the people that want to celebrate it get really uh, defensive and whatever else. And I'm not so concerned about them, though hopefully by God's grace, like I am concerned about them. I'm not too uh, thinking that they're actually going to change their mind, but it's again, the silent people. So there are people silently struggling against sins and feeling tempted to believe that they're okay. Maybe that it, this is even the way God has designed them and they should live in that sin. Yeah. Those are the people I care about most and think they need somebody that is willing to take the beating publicly, to stand for truth, to show, to show them, no, that's not the truth. That's not good. So that really is... You got to put up with the people that say you're a hateful bigot. I'm sure, I'm sure in some ways Jesus, well, he was persecuted for sure by the religious elite and by those that just hated what he was about. Yeah. And he told us to expect the same kind of opposition, not because we're a jerk, but because we bear the truth and the darkness hates the light. So I, I guess part of it is if it's wrong and objectively wrong, we should call it out. That's where they'll disagree and say, no, it's a good thing. God. So then I'm like, okay, it's a foundational difference of understanding where your authority lies. Is it in what God says or in what man says? And then the only thing you have to do if that's, is just like, where's the line and who determines the line? So why is homosexuality okay, but bestiality isn't? Or, you know, child sex isn't? Okay. Who makes it? Who makes the determiner? Society or God's word or who are you? Hmm. And... You know, then we get into all the subjective, truth is subjective. And I'm like, well, it's only subjective until you're getting hurt. And then it's not subjective anymore. So. Okay, so it sounds like you're getting, you're really narrowing down in a, uh, the whole issue down to the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. And in a sentence or two, as you're talking about authority, what is the re like what is the reason that pride and, and the things that it's being represented as through homosexuality through gender changing uh, different identities things like that what does at the heart of it what does it boil down to what is wrong about these things that we're celebrating if you could put it into just a sentence or two other than sin <laughs> <laughs> yeah well at the heart it's a rejection of god it's gotten to that like that's the romans one kind of thing when you abandon god you you get further and further from truth, further and further into darkness. God actually gives people over to the depravity of their mind. Whoa. And so really, we're reaping what we've sown as a culture. And I think if you look back, just trace the, trace the breadcrumbs back, so to speak, and look and think culture kind of abandoned God. Uh, they abandoned morality in that sense, and it started... Slowly, it started with the sexual revolution in the 60s and 70s, where now you can do whatever you want with whoever you want, and that kind of culturally becomes okay. You think about it's it's just an it's just a, it's a natural progression, and you look at it, and it just it actually makes so much sense. And I understand why people were so up in arms, you know, 30, 40 years about divorce becoming more common, for example. Yeah. And I think actually one of the things, this is an interesting, this is more than two sentences, sorry. <laughs> so, um, one of the interesting things is that the church has gotten really lax on a lot of 
other types of sexual sin. And because of that, it's opened the door for homosexuality and transgenderism and all this stuff to become the next thing. Because if you don't even uphold the, the sanctity of marriage and you'll divorce and divorce, allow divorce and remarriage with, as long as they got a certificate from the government that says it, that's fine. Hmm. And you're not upholding biblical standards on divorce and remarriage, then, then you've already lost. And actually, if you, if you treat homosexuality as a sin and not unjust divorce and remarriage as a sin, then you're being, you actually are being discriminatory and that's a huge problem. And then I would actually call that out, Yeah. but not to say you should permit one, you should just be straight, stick with scripture on both. So right. I'll keep the next one to less than two sentences. Well, actually, it was kind of like when you're reading the Apostle Paul and he just keeps on having commas everywhere. So you have like five pages. It, it was a run-on sentence. There you yeah. go. It was, just, it was two really long sentences. No, you're good. I have one last question for you as we're ramping up the time here. This is the podcast where we cut out at around 40 minutes. We do one take. We don't mess up our intro. It's not like some other podcasts out there that do a lot of editing so I only have one question left for you, and you've brought up a lot of issues. You've brought up how it comes to authority. You've brought up it's not just about bashing people. We're trying to show like, to give God's truth is to love people mm-hmm. and calling them into into Christ's love. I want to know how does Christ, how does the God who you are serving, who we serve together, who how does this Lord give hope to anybody in all of this? This seems like a confusing mess, honestly, and it is so frictious. There's a lot of friction mm-hmm. between people and strife. Where's the hope in all of this? How? Where does it come from? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you gave it away, right? The hope comes in Christ. That's the the simple answer. I think the you know the the, the core of the gospel comes to bear all the time in terms of we are sinners. Christ is our Savior, and we're saved by grace through faith alone, not by works. So you're not saved by figuring all this out and getting it right apart from Christ. Uh, you know, getting rid of your sinful habits uh, apart from faith in Christ will not save you. Um, and so it's that's good news in some sense because when you try to do that, you also find out you fail all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think the... The core of it is if you humble yourself before God, you can be saved. You can actually be saved from the effects of sin, the presence of sin, the power of sin, all in different time periods in our in our walk with the Lord. But I think it comes just back down to the gospel message is there for you, that you can repent if you're listening to this and you're thinking, this is all messed up, this is wrong. Well, Consider the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died to save you from your sins, that he offers himself as the way, the truth, and the life. And not only is that incredibly mentally satisfying to be able to rest your feet on something that is firm, that is fixed, that's unchanging, that is and was and evermore will be, but also to find yourself in relationship. So the gospel message really is a message of humility. You have to humbly realize you have a sin problem, that you're broken, that you are rebellious. You have to humbly realize there's only one solution. It's Jesus Christ. You have to humbly realize that he gives that as a free gift. You don't can't pay for it. So I just, I think it's so, so fascinating that the world is celebrating pride when actually the only way to salvation, and they're, they're going for a different kind of salvation, but the only way to salvation is through humility. 
Wow. And it's just that polar opposite. No kidding. Chris, I'm really glad you are here and you, this has been a great interview. Uh, I want to know how can people find you? How can they keep up with what you're doing and get these couple more posts that you've teased out? How can we find you? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I'm on Twitter, but not really. So don't follow <laughs> me on Twitter. Twitter's a waste of time. Uh, Instagram, if you t- type in Chris Eelman, there's a public profile. There's only probably two or three others in the world. So it'll be pretty easy to sort out Chris Eelman on Instagram or on Facebook. And then I have a website, insightinaminute.com. It hasn't actually been updated with these June posts. I was kind of waiting to collect them all at once, um, but they will be updated there soon. So you can, any of those three spots, you can follow me and friend request me, and I'd love to love to connect with you. Now I hear you're also part of another podcast too. How can people hear you on another podcast? Oh, do you really want me to say? I do. Okay. You, you've only ripped on the podcast. Oh, wait. No, that wait, wasn't that wait, podcast. That no. wasn't that podcast. Oh, not that one. <laughs> I've never messed up the intro. <laughs> never. <laughs> I love it. So I have the privilege of uh, hosting the Leadership Now podcast with Aaron Rock. And uh, you can find that one over if you go to harvestwindsor.ca. There's a link there. You can also find it on Facebook. You can find it on it, tape into any podcast thing leadership now with dr aaron rock and you will find that podcast and there's a a great deal of episodes there and lots of good content it's fun because that's where i get to be you tyler i get to be asking the questions and just it's it's fun it's great i love it this chair is way more fun so come on over to it yep we'd love to have you listen well pastor chris thank you for being here i'm really glad this has been a great interview thank you for your time thank you too tyler Thank you for listening to the City of the Great King podcast. Please join in next week. Go serve your king. Go win the nations. Bye-bye.